Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Event Industry News podcast. A very good morning, afternoon, or evening to all of our podcast followers, wherever, whenever you may be tuning in to us today from. Joining us all the way from Palo Alto over in California, on the other side of the pond, as we like to say, is the CEO and founder of Attendify, Michael Baliasny. Michael, thank you very much for joining us on the podcast today. Thanks for having me. Great to be with you. We've got Michael on the show today to talk very, very specifically about something that Attendify have done recently. Um, they have published a product roadmap. But before we start asking the questions about what that is and what it means for the company, Michael, first of all, tell our podcast followers uh, who are tuning in today, if they're not aware of Attendify, what it is you guys do. Sure. So we're an event app platform and we help events, uh, conferences, trade shows, corporate meetings uh, go mobile. And we make it incredibly easy, fast and cost effective. And what you get is a mobile app that is a, both a private social network and an event guide. And it helps attendees be very efficient uh, during the, their event experiences. And it's uh, We've been around for about six years and have served uh, nearly 10,000 events at this point. Um, so yeah, just uh, been really iterating on the product aggressively and that's, that's what the roadmap is all about and uh, excited to tell you more. And, and, and six years is in the grand scheme of things, that's a long time in the, the world of event tech and that certainly puts you in a position of being a, an experienced provider of this. And, and having said event app provider, I'm sure yeah. anybody who wasn't previously aware of, of the brand Attendify will instantly identify with what it is that you do because loads of our followers will know exactly what event mobile apps are. Um, so having clarified that, um, let's look at this subject of the product roadmap. Um, it's something you've published. So first of all, tell us exactly what a product roadmap is. So the roadmap is essentially what we're planning to build um, into the product over the coming year or two. And most companies keep that secret uh, for good reason, because there's competitive concerns. Um, there's some uncertainty internally about what to build and why to build it and how to prioritize. And we decided to publish it out in the open and let anybody take a peek inside what we're doing. Um, which is risky for some of the obvious reasons. The most uh, obvious is probably the competitive risk. So uh, letting your competitors know exactly what you're going to be doing for the next year or two is not something that most companies would be comfortable with. Mm -hmm. But we felt that at our scale and at the stage uh, of our business, it was important to bring customers into the product conversation and have a more direct say uh, in what we build and how we build it. And we couldn't do that without publishing it um, and opening up. So, so that was really, you know, why we did it. And, and I think it's, it, it was a tough move, but one that it, we're already getting good feedback for so. Having committed to do that, and, and, and if I understand rightly, um, in a nutshell, essentially telling the world what your plans are and what you're going to be delivering over the, the, the next year or, or, or you know, the coming months and even longer than that. Um, will it restrict you in any way from, from reacting to new customer demands? Because a lot of technology providers have the luxury and are, are very much designed from the ground up to be able to react to customer requests, new elements they might want. So having said, this is what we're going to do, will it preclude you from looking at stuff outside of that? 
Uh, no, it, it won't. Uh, and it's actually not just what we're building, but even what we're thinking about, what we're researching. The way we published our roadmap, there's three columns. There's uh, a researching, uh, designing, and then developing phase. So those three phases, uh, we basically will put anything that we think is very compelling from uh, customer feedback, from our own observations of the market, we'll start by putting that in the researching phase. And that'll allow us to get some feedback from customers and, uh, and use that feedback. So I think it, if anything, it opens things up and it makes customers even more comfortable to give us feedback because we're actively soliciting it. Was it an eye-opener for you as a business? Um, because presumably you move in a very, very fast fast-paced industry you're constantly refining the product you're constantly reacting to customer demands looking at data um was it cathartic in any way to actually produce this roadmap and, and did it open your eyes to elements of the business that you weren't aware of before or things that you could be doing that you weren't doing at that particular point yeah it, i mean the process really began with taking stock of everything our customers were telling us everything that we had been thinking about internally uh, within the product team and the engineering team, uh, getting feedback from our sales and customer success teams. So it was really a, a great exercise just to sort this out because in a lot of companies, there's maybe a high level vision for where the business is going, but the way that filters down to day to day, what we're doing, what we're producing is messy. Um, so I think one of the benefits was bringing order to some of that chaos and mm -hmm. not just bringing order to it, but really prioritizing within um, the, the many different ideas and directions we want to develop our product in. So I thought it was very helpful as just a, an internal exercise as well. And we'd always had an internal roadmap and usually that consisted of one or two sort of big things, new products that we wanted to build, and then a lot of different features and enhancements to our existing products. Um, but opening up puts extra pressure on you to take bigger shots, be more ambitious. Um, and I think that's, that's really important because we can't open up and say, oh, you know, we're doing we have all these feature enhancements and all this mediocre stuff, not exciting stuff that we're working on. It, it actually pushes the company uh, to do more and to be more ambitious um, in a way that I think is really healthy. When you've gone through this process and looked at it, um, as you said, it, it could be a risky process because you are opening yourself up and, and showing to the world and to your competitors what, what you're doing. That mm -hmm. said, a lot of event organizers will have long-term plans for their events, regardless of, of what category those events may fall into. And I guess in some respects, it's important to see that their supply or, or for them to be able to identify what their suppliers long-term strategies are to see if anything that you're planning on doing ties in with what they're planning on doing as an event. So uh, have you had any events um, and the clients that you service come to you as a result of this and say, actually, we've read this, and this really ties into what our ambitions are. And we're really pleased to see that this is what you're thinking. Yeah. And we've had both uh, positive reinforcing feedback and we've had uh, some customers that have questioned our priorities and have um, brought up some interesting insights into how they think about uh, the ways technology is used at their events. But I think the long-term perspective that's so common uh, to many event planners is an important factor here. 
because the sooner we can get their feedback and the more feedback we get, uh, the better we can plan on our end to fulfill their demand, but also plan to do some of the exciting, ambitious things that maybe they weren't expecting. Um, and that's really where uh, we see our role is, is balancing the enhancements and also the really ambitious new products, the big ticket items that are gonna make a huge difference, not just our customers, but that we think uh, can change the industry. The long-term perspective, many of them is particularly valuable because a lot of our clients are planning one or two years ahead. They're planning for a big trade show, you know, that's coming up in uh, 18 months. They're trying to make a decision now. They're trying to see what our product is going to look like then. Uh, so I think that just makes the conversation much more meaningful, um, having the ability to talk openly. And having made a decision that, hey, you know, we're putting everything out there and there's nothing we're holding back on. And that empowers both myself and the rest of our team. So anybody in our sales organization, anybody in our customer success organization can now talk freely about everything we're doing and have no reservations about that. And I think that just makes for much better conversations. Having gone through this process recently um, and obviously seeing a benefit to it and seeing that this has been a, 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 a plus and taking that risk. Do you envisage that it's something that as a company you will actually go through on a regular basis or so once a year or biannually you will actually do something like this and, and do you think that actually other companies and competitors and people working in the marketplace will look at it and, and, and potentially be inspired to do a similar thing? Yeah, I hope they'll be inspired and I think it's important for the event tech industry to open up. I think traditionally there's been a siloed approach uh, that many companies take uh, and a defensive approach. And I think that that's unhealthy for uh, a technology industry because we are all about making progress in introducing new ideas, experimenting, failing. And I think that everybody is, um, generally speaking, this doesn't apply to all event tech companies, but uh, many of them are uh, defensive especially some of the larger players in our space. And I think that that needs to change. Uh, so I'm hoping that this inspires and creates, uh, creates a better conversation for everybody in the industry. Uh, but for us internally, we're planning to update about once a quarter, uh, if not more often than that, because we're seeing constant, uh, a constant flow of ideas. And what you alluded to earlier in the conversation, it, it's absolutely true that priorities are changing constantly and the market is changing. Uh, and we have to be responsive and adaptive uh, to everything that we see going on. So, uh, so yeah, we will be editing it and some things that are on there today may be removed uh, with the next update. In fact, I know they will be uh, and some exciting new uh, ideas, some from our customers, some from our product team uh, will make their way onto the roadmap. So, uh, it's a constant uh, flow and, uh, and we're going to update it as often as we can. How long did it take you internally to go through this process? Did you have to allocate you know, a certain amount of time to actually do it? Was it something that came quicker than you anticipated would happen or longer than you anticipated would take to actually complete? It was a little bit longer than I anticipated. Uh, but we were well prepared for it because we, within the product organization, we had been keeping all of our ideas on a Trello board um, shared within our entire company. And we had a list that uh, would, were just suggestions from customers 
uh, that our sales and customer success team would populate. And then the product team would take those cards, look at them, see how they fit in uh, with some of our ideas, you know, measure that against our engineering resources. And we were constantly shuffling that and adjusting and, uh, and changing our plans. But really the, the hardest part was having the confidence and to really do it. And it honestly, it took a little bit of time to kind of build up that courage and put those ideas out there because it was so, so different than anything anyone had done in our space. So uh, we just wanted to make sure that we, we felt comfortable and everybody in the, on the team felt comfortable doing it. So I think that's what actually took the longest amount of time. Um, and we, we were just kind of mulling it over and, uh, and I'm glad we made that decision, obviously, but um, but that was really the hardest part is just emotionally coming to terms with it. Yeah, sure. And um, when it when it came to, to publishing it um, and actually putting that information out into the into the ether, so to speak, um, were there different ways that you considered how that would be best to do? Did you want it to, to, to be as broad as possible or did you want it to initially go to certain clients? How was it actually published? Was it just boom, there it is, or did you drip feed this in, you know, using certain sort of strategic partners, first of all? Uh, we just put it out there. Uh, we felt that, you know, there was no good way to introduce this, you know, little by little. Uh, we uh, published it on our website. Uh, so if you go to attendify.com, um, hover over the about um, menu, you'll see roadmap is right there. And, and then we put out a blog post and that was pretty much it. Um, I did a LinkedIn post. We obviously did some social media uh, to spread word, uh, put this into our monthly newsletter, but that was about it. So we, we haven't really done a heavy push, um, no PR work or, mm -hmm. or anything. So we just wanted to put this information out there for our customers. That was the primary objective. And then we hooked up, uh, there's a feedback button on uh, the roadmap page, which feeds right into a Slack channel we created uh, that everybody on the product and engineering team follows. And anytime we get feedback from a customer, um, we all see it. And, and that's really that's really the value uh, that we get from it. And also the conversation um, that I hope it starts in the industry about being more open, being more progressive uh, and more ambitious. Sure, because I, I guess, um, if I'm to be perfectly honest about it, you know, there's been a lot of people that I've encountered who feel sometimes that event technology companies are, are pushing solutions onto them rather than um, being able to go to event tech companies and, and tell them this is what we need. Um, and similarly, there's, there's been that, I don't know if it's a lack of transparency as such, but a, a lack of um, perceived direction as to where event tech companies are taking their products longer term. Um, and, and that confusion has maybe led to certain event organizers not engaging with certain types of event tech because they're not sure where they're going to be in two years time what their plans are how it could dovetail in with their own expansion plan so um and we've alluded to the fact that hopefully this this prompts more people to maybe be a bit more open about it um can you understand why in such a competitive marketplace though some companies will look at this and perhaps think um no we think that's a that's a bad move we want to keep everything really close to our chests you know, the only reason I can think of is if they don't have anything significant to share. 
um, if they're excited about the direction their business is headed in, their product is headed in, if they are confident in that direction, there should be absolutely no reason why they don't open up. Mm-hmm. And I think predominantly, and this gets back to the theme of a more defensive posture that we tend to see in the event tech industry. Um, I think I think there's just not enough ambition uh, in this market. And in some cases, the, the things that we want to do that we think are important long term may not uh, resonate with some of our customers. Mm-hmm. And that's a risk that we're completely comfortable taking. Uh, we, we believe that, you know, if we don't push ourselves and if we don't do the stuff that, you know, our customers aren't giving us feedback about, then we're really not driving as hard as, as we can be. Obviously we need to take care of our customers and deliver the features they want to see, but it's a balance of those two. And I think the defensiveness really comes across in the sense that if anything, they're fulfilling demand for enhanced to existing products and probably doing that pretty slowly. Um, and there's not much to share there. There's not going to be much excitement about that. Um, and I think if anything, it'll betray sort of that, that defensive crouch that they're in. Uh, so, so I think that's the only legit reason not to do this. And I hope that the companies that are working on exciting things that are pushing themselves will open up because it just moves the conversation forward. It makes, uh, it makes, brings the customer in in a way that's much more intimate and uh, will help them adopt some of those more edgy ideas um, sure. earlier in the life cycle than they may otherwise do. So, so that's essential. And, and that's really how we, how we look at it. But um, We'll see what happens. I mean, we just did this uh, leading up to uh, the new year. So it's, uh, it's been maybe about a month since we published the roadmap. And, uh, and uh, we'll see what happens. We'll, we'll keep an eye on it. And, and I guess in, in, in such a competitive marketplace as well, that um, doing anything that, that perhaps puts you in a position of being a market leader and a trendsetter as, a, as opposed to a follower is going to be good long term because even if people do come along and see your ideas or see what you're doing and think well we can copy that and you know imitation is a sincerest form of flattery you know ultimately what that still puts you in is a position of yes great there's other companies doing it but we set out our stall on that first. We were the market leaders in that. And that's always going to be uh, a real sort of strong element to have when you're selling your product in the marketplace. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think that there's no good way to copy a product or copy an idea. Uh, you certainly can once you've seen it. Uh, but the lead time on that is going to be long. So I think that, and again, the things that I think need to happen in the event tech industry, they're out there. They're, people are thinking about them. They're having those conversations. It's just that the vendors who supply the solutions aren't really engaged in a meaningful way. And they're not really showing a path, not really sharing their vision, whatever it may be. Um, so I think that you know the copying, once we really thought about it, it was the least of our concerns. If someone wants to go ahead and do that, if someone wants to get ahead of us on something that we're just sort of in the researching phase on, uh, they're more than welcome to. It's it's completely, I, I don't think there are any big secrets or 
any, uh, you know, uh, anything that, that makes sense to keep under wraps. And ultimately, it's quality. It's how you build the features. It's how they work. It's not really what you're, uh, what you're building. So that, that's really a lesson that I've learned as an entrepreneur over the past six years that, you know, everybody can talk a good game. It's sort of what, what you deliver at the end of the day that really matters. Uh, and we've been talking today very much about this this product roadmap and and attendifies vision for where it sees itself where it's going with the product um can you uh i suppose uh, briefly before we wrap up today's episode talk about some of the the key features and the, and the developments you know front end wise that that your clients will see this year and what stuff that's coming in 2018 that people will be physically able to uh, to access yeah, so something that's coming in just, uh, just a week or two is our sentiment analysis feature, uh, which is our first effort to integrate uh, machine learning algorithms into our product. So the way Attendify's apps work is that we get a lot of content, uh, social content posted by attendees. It's a private social network. So uh, a lot of events are just so engaged and so active and attendees are posting so much that it can be hard to make sense of all that content for an event planner. So we're uh, adding a sentiment analysis feature that analyzes all the content posted to the app and assigns a sentiment score. So whether that message is positive, uh, neutral, or negative, and allows our customers to filter down to say only the negative sentiment and go ahead and address some of those concerns or at least read that feedback and know what's going on. Uh, whether that's uh, somebody who didn't feel great about uh, you know, lunch or about a specific session or about a networking event or about the you know, conference hotel, whatever it may be, I think it, it allows you to sort of get to the content that's going to have the biggest impact on how you run your event, uh, whether that's positive or negative. And it also rolls all those scores up into an overall sentiment score. So I think that's a very important signal for what we're going to do in the future. And uh, we're also adding a lot of enhancements to our new data management platform uh, called Attendify Audiences, which we just launched uh, late last year. Mm -hmm. And the sentiment scores are going to roll up into that. So you can actually go ahead and uh, find people who posted about a specific topic and had a positive or a negative sentiment about it and build that audience and then message out to those people, send them an email, show them a specific advertisement on Facebook. It allows you to put your event data to work. So the biggest theme coming for the following year is collecting more data on one hand uh, through new products like our forthcoming registration system, something we hadn't had in the past, and, uh, and rolling all that data into audiences and helping customers put it to work. Because there's just such incredible, rich data that every event is generating. And it's if it's used, it's used in a very sort of superficial way these days. And in most cases, it's not really, there's not much you do with it. Um, after the fact. So we want to change all that because there is incredible potential in improving and personalizing events, but also driving more revenue and driving better business outcomes for, for event planners. And, and we think that that is the natural evolution for event technology. And that's what we're, we're completely focused on. Every 
everything we do fits either into helping you collect more data or finding new ways to put it to work. It's, it's really, it's a simple formula, but I think it's one that's, that's the key to how event technology evolves moving forward. We've been talking today on the podcast to Michael Baliasny, who is the CEO and founder of Attendify. Uh, Michael's joined us um, from Palo Alto in California to talk about this product roadmap that um, Attendify spent the time looking at researching, putting together, writing, and ultimately publishing to let the industry know what their plans are, what they're going to be doing, where they see the product, where they see it going. And it's, it's a bold move. It's something that um, I don't know that we've reported on um, any other tech companies doing this sort of open uh, publishing of, of what they're going to be doing with their products. So um, commendable that you've done it. And thank you very much for coming on the show today, Michael, to, to talk to us about it and why you've done it. Yeah, that was great. Thanks for having me. I appreciate no it. If guys, uh, if, if, any, if any of our listeners and our followers and our watchers today want to find out a little bit more, um, give us the website and, and any other bits of information as to how people can track you guys down. Sure. Attendify.com. Uh, sign up, build an app, check out the product. It's all open and uh, follow us on Twitter at Attendify. Fantastic. Um, and uh, on the subject of Twitter, at Event News Blog is the way to get in touch with the podcast and indeed Event Industry News uh, via Twitter. Um, don't forget to head over and follow the Facebook page as well, because as mentioned at the top of the episode, the podcast goes out once a week. Uh, they're pre-recorded episodes, but starting this month, we're going to um, be doing a live uh, podcast via the Facebook page once a month. It's going to be on the last Wednesday of each month. And the way you can keep up to date with the specific details about the timings and the guests and the subject matters for those live podcasts will be by subscribing to the Event Industry News newsletter. And you can stay up to date for, with that. We've also got the Event Industry News app, which is available for all the major mobile devices. Oof, there's all the stuff done. Michael, thank you very much again for joining us and talking to us uh, about the product roadmap that you guys have published. And we will see you on next week's episode of the podcast. Thank you very much for joining us. My name's James Dixon. Goodbye. Mm -hmm.